Section 15 of A Brief History of Forestry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Brief History of Forestry by Bernard Fernow. The Scandinavian States. In the English language, the report on forestry in Sweden by General C. C. Andrews, U.S. Minister at Stockholm, 1872, revised 1935 pages, gives a statement of present conditions with historical notes. A very good idea in detail of the wood trade of Sweden may be obtained from the Wood Industries of Sweden, published by Timber Trades Journal of London in 1896. La Suede, son peuple et son industrie, by G. Sundbog, 1900, two volumes, contains several pertinent chapters. It is an official work, very complete, and was translated into English in 1904. The Economic History of the Swedish Forest, by Gunnar Schalte, 1905, 32 pages in Swedish, published by the Forestry Association, gives a brief account of conditions and data of the forestry movement. Norway, official publication for the Paris Exposition, 1900, contains a chapter on forestry by K. A. Fasholt, pages 322 to 350, with a map of forest distribution. Skogs Vesenets Historia Fed Skogs Directorin, First Del, Historic 1909, is an official publication of the Norwegian Forest Administration, giving a full account of the development during the 50 years from 1857 to 1907, with notes of the earlier history. La Denmark, Etat Actuel de sa Civilisation et de son Organisation Sociale, by J. Carlson, H. Ulrich, and C. N. Stacke. 1914 pages. Denmark, Its History and Topography, etc., by H. Weitenmeyer, 1891. Bidrock Tildet Danske Skovsbrugs Historia, by O. Lutkin, 1900, was not accessible to the writer. Extensive notes are found through the German, Austrian, and French forestry journals, especially an article in the Centralblatt für das gesamte Forstwesen, 1905, briefed in Forestry Quarterly, Volume 3, page 292, and another, briefed in the same Quarterly, Volume 9, page 45, gives extended accounts of forest conditions in Sweden. Under the name of Scandinavian states, we may comprise the countries of Sweden, Norway, and Denmark, which were settled by the same group of German tribes, the so-called Norsemen. They originally spoke the same language, which only later became more or less differentiated. The settlement of the country by these tribes seems to have been accomplished in the main by the end of the 8th century, and the separation into the three several kingdoms in the ninth to 12th centuries, during which time they were sometimes united or at least under one ruler, sometimes at war with each other, and always torn by interior dissensions bordering on anarchy. In 1397, by the Kalmar Convention, a more permanent union into one kingdom was effected between Sweden, Norway, and Denmark under Margaret, the Semiramis of the North. After another period of variable fortunes, Sweden, about 1523, became an independent constitutional monarchy under Gustav Vasa, and Norway remained joined to Denmark under Frederick I. Sweden then started on a career of conquest, being almost continuously at war with all her neighbors, and especially with Russia and Poland, whereby, especially under Gustavus Adolphus and the adventurous Charles Seventh, her territory was greatly enlarged. 
with the treaties of stockholm and neustadt seventeen twenty and seventeen twenty one she came into more peaceful waters but permanent peace and a settled policy was not attained until the election of bernadotta one of napoleon's administrators to the kingship and by the peace of kiel in 1814 sweden became a constitutional hereditary monarchy in the modern sense at the same time norway was taken away from denmark and forced to a union with sweden which persisted until 1907 when a peaceful separation took place by the action of the norwegian people the union has always been hateful to the norwegians although only the king and the department of foreign affairs in which norway was represented by a delegation from its council were in common all other matters of administration being separate as well as the parliaments storthing in norway and rikstock in sweden denmark powerful in the eleventh century under canute who subjugated not only norway but england losing both these countries shortly after his death was shorn by sweden of much of its territory in the seventeenth century and in eighteen fourteen was separated from norway originally an elective monarchy largely dominated by the nobility the crown in sixteen sixty one became hereditary and absolute and sweden did not become a constitutional monarchy until eighteen forty nine sweden this country is of greatest interest to the world at large in forestry matters because it has been until lately the largest exporter of wood and has only just fully waked up to its need for a conservative forest management the law of nineteen o three promises to bring about very decided changes and to curtail the exports upon which other european nations so much rely sweden with one hundred and seventy two thousand eight hundred and seventy six square miles occupies the eastern two-thirds of the scandinavian peninsula it is not like norway a mountain country but the greater part consists of low granitic hills the mountain range kirlin which forms the boundary towards norway falls off in a long slope towards the gulf of bothnia and the baltic sea the coast being a broad level plain with a series of islands larger or smaller girdling the outer coastline and forming an archipelago the country is cut into numerous watersheds the many rivers called elfs furnishing means of transportation, expanding frequently into lakes, sure, in the upper reaches, and falling with cataracts into the lower plain, giving rise to fine water-powers. Eight percent of the total area is in lakes. Only twelve percent of the land area is in farms. The forest area, with nearly fifty million acres, occupies nearly forty-eight percent, leaving forty percent waste land or otherwise occupied. Half of the population of over five million pursues agriculture while iron manufacture and the lumber industry occupy one quarter of the three main divisions of the country the southern Gotland is richest in lowlands and agricultural soils and as it has also a favorable maritime climate farming is the main industry here a population of fifty to sixty and in parts up to one hundred and ninety per square mile is found beech and oak are here the principal trees with spruce occasionally intermixed in the central part Zvealand, or sweden proper the forest region begins with pine spruce pure or in mixture covering the granite hills and plateau birch and other hardwoods oak beech elm basswood and aspen being found in the river valleys but the third division norland is the forest region of commercial importance the seat of the extensive export trade it is a vast almost unbroken forest country 
with hardly more than three people to the square mile in the northernmost part called lapland laps and finns forming a not inconsiderable part of the population pine and spruce are the timber trees with white birch intermixed toward the northern boundary the pine increases in more and more open stands as one goes northward into the drier climate an open stunted growth of birch and aspen forms the transition to the treeless tundra a treeless alpine region occupies the northwestern frontier fringed at lower elevations by a belt of birch and natural coppice a result of repeated fires the northeastern part is a level coast plain but the climate is too severe for agriculture and the forest growth also is short and of inferior quality large areas of swamp land are found in nearly all parts recoverable for farm or forest use and mismanaged and devastated forest areas are found all over the country the forest nearly ten acres per capita on account of its accessibility to the sea by means of the many rivers plays an important role in the economy of sweden not only because it covers such a large area and favorable composition eighty per cent coniferous but because it has long been a prominent source of income especially after the abolition of the english import duties in eighteen sixty six and of the swedish export duties which had restricted trade in eighteen sixty three did a rapid increase in wood exports take place until in nineteen hundred it amounted to over fifty four million dollars of which twelve million for wooden ware being the leading export article and representing over one-half of all exports in addition to this export which may represent at least around three hundred million cubic feet of wood there are about two hundred and fifty million cubic feet of pulp wood and one hundred and fifty million feet used for charcoal besides the domestic fuel consumption the total draft on the forest may be estimated to come near to one thousand two hundred million cubic feet which is believed far in excess of the annual growth much of the nearly fifty million acres of forest area having been devastated or deteriorated by axe and fire and being located in a northern zone where the growth is slow one inch in twelve to fifteen years according to others the cut remains below the increment by about twenty five per cent the latter being figured at twenty five cubic feet per acre in the state forests to be sure mostly located in the more northern tiers the cut is kept between six and seven cubic feet effective but here a waste of sometimes forty per cent is incurred in the exploitation due to the difficulties in transport one property conditions it was gustav vasa who in fifteen forty two declared all uncultivated lands the property of the crown parts of them however were given to colonists and these as well as the resident population had the right to use the neighboring forest to supply their needs for wood and pasture by the continued exercise of this right the forest came to be considered commons proprietary rights remaining long in doubt finally a division came about some of the lands becoming the property of the parishes others of smaller districts the hundreds others again encumbered or unencumbered property of the state and some remained in joint ownership of state and private individuals under various complicated conditions the state now owns somewhat over sixteen million acres of which however only seventy per cent are really forest 
and controls more or less four million more of which about nine hundred thousand acres are ecclesiastical benefices and forests belonging to public institutions and two point seven million acres in state farms which are rented since eighteen seventy five the state has pursued a policy of purchase which has added over five hundred thousand acres at seven dollars per acre to the domain lately this policy has found considerable opposition in this way by reforesting and by settlement of disputed titles the state property in absolute possession of the government has grown by nearly five per cent to ten million acres in lapland the entire forest area used to belong to the state but in order to attract settlers these were given forest property for their own use from ten to a hundred times the area which they had cleared this forest area the settlers disposed of to wood merchants lumbermen until the law of eighteen seventy three intervened restricting the settlers to the usufruct alone the government taking charge of the cutting of wood for sale and limiting the cut to a diameter of eight inch at sixteen feet from the base this interference with what was supposed to be private rights seems to have been resented and has led to wasteful practices in the absence of a sufficient force of forest guards nevertheless the law was extended to vesterbotten in 1882 in other provinces vermland gestrickland etc the government vested in the owners or ironworks the right to supply themselves with charcoal from state forests but about the middle of the nineteenth century when owing to railroad development in other parts some of the iron works became unremunerative and were abandoned their owners continued to hold on to the forest privileges and by and by exercised them by cutting and sawing lumber for sale and even by selling the forest areas as if they were their properties and in this way these properties changed hands until suddenly the government began to challenge titles and commenced litigation about eighteen ninety six grants of certain log-cutting privileges on government lands were also made to sawmills and pastimes usually by allowing sawmillers to cut a certain number of logs annually at a very low price in eighteen seventy these grants which were very lucrative were modified by substituting the right of an increased cut for a stated number of years at a modified price after which the grant was to cease in nineteen hundred there were still some three hundred thousand acres under such grants no wonder that under these circumstances the value of the state forest property was in eighteen ninety eight assessed at only a dollar sixty per acre the net income being one million six hundred eighty thousand seven hundred fifty three dollars or about twelve cents per acre the expenditures for administration supervision and forest school amounting to four hundred and twenty three thousand six hundred and fifty nine dollars to which should be added an undetermined amount for the participation of the domain bureau the agricultural department and provincial governments all taking part in the forest administration many of the towns and country districts herat have received donations of forest areas from the crown which have been a considerable source of revenue to them the parish of orsa for example realized from its forest property some two and a half million dollars and other similar results are recorded these communal and institute forests of various description comprise somewhat over two point six million acres or five and a half per cent 
and are placed under management of local committees with the governor of the province as chairman the management consists in selling stumpage of all trees over thirteen inches in diameter five feet above ground to be cut by the purchaser under regulations in the years from eighteen forty to eighteen fifty the government sold to english wood merchants considerable tracts of timberland and in the latter part of the nineteenth century as the sawmill industry expanded many mill firms acquired wood-cutting leases for fifty-year terms for prices which were often realized from the forest in the first winter at present longer leases than for twenty years are prohibited by law the diameter limit of twelve inches eighteen or twenty feet above ground was usually the basis of the leases and as the owners could then lease away other sizes it might happen that two or three persons besides the original owner would have property rights in the same forest of late years many of the mill owners have endeavored to get rid of the resulting inconvenience by buying the fee simple of the land this movement has resulted in the aggregation of large areas in single hands or more often in the hands of large mill companies by the acquisition of these properties a certain amount of cultivated land is usually included which is then left to the former owner at a nominal rent provided that he pays the taxes on the whole thereby creating a class of renters in lieu of owners of farms the area thus privately owned mostly by sawmill companies must be over twenty-five million acres the total private forest area which includes the bulk of the commercial forest is about thirty million acres sixty-one point three per cent unreclaimed wasteland swelling the figure to over fifty million two development of forest policy from the times of olaf Trotalja, the first christian king of sweden about one thousand a d who gained fame by the part he took in exploiting the forests of Värmland, down to the fourteenth century sweden suffered from a superabundance of forest nevertheless by the end of that century restriction of the willful destruction by fire was felt necessary and an ordinance with that object in view was promulgated it is questionable whether this order had any effect in a country where the homestead law provided that a seller might take up quote, as much pasture and arable land as he could make use of twice as much forest and in addition on each side of this homestead as much as a lame man could go over on crutches without resting end quote. not till sixteen thirty eight do we again find an attempt at forest conservancy this time in the interest of supply of charcoal for the iron industry by the appointment of overseers of the public forests the first general forest code however dates from sixteen forty seven which among other useless prescriptions made the existing usage of planting two trees for every one cut obligatory and this provision remained on the statutes until seventeen eighty nine in spite of this and other restrictive laws exploitation by the liege lords and the communities continued until in seventeen twenty a director of forests for the two southern districts halant and bohus was appointed and at least in this part of the country the execution of the laws was placed under a special officer this appointment may be considered the first germ of the later forest department a policy of restrictions seems to have prevailed during the entire eighteenth century although it is questionable whether the restrictions were enforced since there was no personnel to watch over their enforcement and the governors in whose hands the jurisdiction lay 
had other interests more engrossing a law enacted in seventeen thirty four restricted the peasant forest owners in the sale of wood from their own properties and in seventeen eighty nine this restriction and other supervision was extended to those of the nobility it appears that soon after this a considerable sentimental solicitude inside and outside the rickstock was aroused regarding an apprehended deterioration of climate as well as scarcity of wood as a result of further forest destruction in the light of present experience a rather amusing anticipation these jeremiads however after an unsatisfactory attempt at legislation in seventeen ninety three led in seventeen ninety eight to the appointment of a commission which reported after five years of investigation a new set of forest regulations was enacted as a result in eighteen o five in further prosecution of these attempts at regulating forest use a commissioner professor f w ratloff was sent to germany in eighteen o nine to study methods employed in that country long before that time about seventeen sixty two some of the iron masters owning large forest areas had imported a commission of german forest experts among them von langen and zantier the same who had done similar work in norway and denmark with a view of systematizing the forest use but apparently without result after much discussion of radloff's report and consultation with the provincial governors who suggested the propriety of different plans for different localities new legislation was had in eighteen ten eighteen 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 twenty three and new regulations for the crown forests were issued in eighteen twenty four yet at this very time not only the partition of the communal forests but also the sale of town forests was ordered and this policy of dismemberment lasted till eighteen sixty six over one million acres having been sold by that time nor was any diminution in wasteful practices to be noted as a result of legislation and it seems that while on the one hand restrictive policies were discussed and enacted on the other hand unconservative methods were encouraged indeed in eighteen forty six the then existing restrictions of the export trade were removed apparently a reversion of restrictive policy had set in and exploitation increased in the belief of inexhaustible supplies on the other hand encouragement of reforestation was sought by giving bounties for planting waste land and for leaving a certain number of seed trees in the felling areas also by paying rewards for the best plantations all without result meanwhile a check to the wood trade had occurred through the imposition of exorbitant custom duties by great britain and at the same time the government imposed an export duty to discourage export from norland and this was not abated until eighteen fifty seven a further project of forest supervision was attempted through a report by a new commission appointed in eighteen twenty eight which formulated rules for the control of public and private forests and recommended the establishment of a central bureau for the management of forest affairs as well as the organization of a forest institute for the teaching of forestry the institute was established at stockholm in eighteen twenty eight but instead of organizing the bureau the director of that institute was charged with the duties of such bureau again for years committee reports followed each other but led to no satisfactory solution of the problems in eighteen thirty six however a forestry corps skokstaten was organized for the management of the state forests under the direction of the forest institute 
and as a result of persistent propaganda a central bureau of forest administration skulk stirilson was created in eighteen fifty nine with jorkman at the head charged with the supervision of all the state royal communal and other public forests and the control of private forest use the law in eighteen fifty nine however did not settle upon any new policy of control over private forest properties again and again forest committees were appointed to propose proper methods of such control but not until nineteen o three was a general law enacted which was to go into effect in january first nineteen o five previous to this locally applicable laws were enacted in eighteen sixty six a law was passed which referred only to a particular class of private lands namely those forests of norland which the state was to dispose of for ground rent or which had been disposed of and on which the conditions of settlement had not been fulfilled in eighteen sixty nine a law applicable only on the island of gotland provided a dimension limit and that in case of neglect of regeneration on private fellings the owner may not cut any more wood for sale until the neglect had been remedied exactly in the same manner as the homestead and other colonization laws in the united states have been abused to get hold of public timberlands so in sweden large areas of government land had been taken up for settlement but actually were exploited it was to remedy this evil that in eighteen sixty an examination of the public lands was ordered with a view of withdrawing portions from settlement and of making forest reservations the royal ordinance of eighteen sixty six resulted which was to regulate the cutting on settled lands and in such new settlements as were thereafter allowed here private owners at first were allowed to cut only for their own use and the new law prescribed the amount of yearly cut and required the marking of timber designed for sale by the government officers this compulsory marking or lapland law with a dimension limit was in eighteen seventy three extended to all private forests in norbotten and in eighteen eighty eight to vesterbotten this law limits the diameter to which fellings are to be made eight inches at fifteen feet from base and if the cutting of smaller trees is deemed desirable for the benefit of the forest these are to be designated by forest officials the law for gotland was renewed in eighteen ninety four adding a reforestation clause the governor being authorized to prohibit shipping of timber under eight inch diameter and that not until new growth was established or at least no new fellings may be made until this condition is fulfilled the same law applies to sand dune plantations in other southern districts altogether one quarter of the private forest property was in this manner subjected to restrictions until the present conservation law came into existence this law of nineteen o three which became operative in nineteen o five was the result of a most painstaking extended canvass by the legislative committee appointed in eighteen ninety six which reported in eighteen ninety nine and of a further canvass by the director of domains who reported in nineteen o one a large amount of testimony from private forest owners sawmill men provincial and local government officials etc was accumulated and it may be reasonably expected that this new legislation will be more effective than most of the preceding seems to have been the law requires in general terms the application of forestry principles in the management of private woodlands for this purpose a forest protection committee 
one for each province is constituted which has surveillance over all private forests, an institution similar to that existing in Russia. The Committee, or Forest Conservation Board, consists of three persons who are appointed for three years, one by the government, one by the county council, one by the managing committee of the county agricultural society. In addition, where the communities desire, elected forest conservation commissioners may be instituted to make sure of the enforcement of the law. The board secures the services of an expert advisor from the state forest service, paid by the government, but leaves to the board discretion as to the interpretation of the law which is for the most part expressed in general terms, to secure conservative management. Hence, different boards have worked in different ways, but gradually all are coming to similar methods and all apply persuasive means rather than force. The law requires regeneration, but does not prescribe detailed methods as to how regrowth is to be obtained, leaving these to be determined by the board in consultation with the owners. If no agreement can be arrived at, or if the measures stipulated are not taken by the owner, the board may enforce its rulings by court proceedings, in which injunctions to prevent further lumbering, confiscation of logs or of lumber or money fines may be adjudged. The time of contracts for logging rights is reduced from twenty to five years, short courses of instruction to forest owners and the issuing of popularly written technical publications, Volkskrifte, is one of the efficient methods of securing the results which seems to have been attained in the few years since the law is in operation, namely, in arousing such interest that opposition has become very small. In export duty, four to eight cents per one hundred cubic feet of timber, eight to fourteen cents per ton of dry wood pulp, is levied for the purpose of carrying out the law, the export duty amounting to over a hundred and sixty thousand dollars, and a more general export duty is under contemplation. The management of communal forests is to be placed under the State Forest Administration, the corporations paying 1.6 cents per acre, but this feature does not seem entirely settled. Protective forests under special regulations are established at the Alpine frontier and on the drift sand plains which are planted up. 3. Forest Administration and Forestry Practice the Central Forestry Bureau, as it exists now, was organized in 1883 as the Domain Bureau in the Department of Agriculture, with, at present, a forester as general director, and under it a forestry corps, Skokstaten, reorganized in 1890, which has charge of the public forests and also of the forest control in the private forests where such control exists outside of the conservation boards. For the purpose of this administration, the country is divided into ten districts, each under an inspector, or offer Jägmestara. The districts are divided into ranges, revier, now ninety, each under a chief of range, or Jägmestara, with assistants and guards, Krona Jagara. The nomenclature of the officers suggesting the hunt rather than the forest management. In addition, six forest engineers are employed on working plans engineering works and in giving advice and assistance to private owners who pay for such service when it is stated that the ranges in the northern provinces average over three hundred thousand acres of public and four hundred thousand acres of private forest in central sweden hundred and fifty thousand acres of public and a hundred and forty five thousand acres of private forest and in the southern provinces nearly fifty five thousand acres of state and communal forest 
it will be understood that the control cannot be very strict. The net revenue from the state forest during the last 30 years has increased from $300,000 to $1,750,000. The management of even the state forests can only be very extensive. The state still sells mostly stumpage, rarely cutting on its own account. The lumbering is carried on very much as in the United States by logging contractors, and the river driving is done systematically by booming companies. Selection forest is still the general practice, now often improved in the group system, although a clear-cutting system with planting has been practiced, but is supposed to be less desirable, probably because it entails a direct money outlay, or else because it was not properly done. A seed tree management preferred by private owners for pine seems frequently not successful. Of the state forests, ninety percent are under selection system, and of private forests, sixty percent. In the southern provinces where planting is more frequently resorted to, two to three-year-old pines and two to five-year-old spruces, nursery-grown, two thousand to the acre, are generally used, or else sowing in seed spots is resorted to, which is more frequently practiced in the middle country. Some ten thousand acres were, for instance, planted by the Forest Administration in 1898, at a cost of two dollars per acre, and the budget contains annually about twenty thousand dollars for such planting. That private endeavor in the direction of planting has also been active, is testified by a plantation of over twenty-six thousand acres, now thirty-five years old, reported from Finspong Estate. Complete working plans are rare, even for the state forests, a mere summary felling budget being determined for most areas, the trees to be cut being marked. Under instructions issued in 1896, working plans for the small proportion of state forest management by clearing system are to be made. In these, an area allotment method is employed with rotations of 100 to 150 years. Forest fires are still very destructive, especially in northern Sweden, although an effective patrol system greatly assisted in some provinces by watchtowers, has reduced the size of the areas burnt over. The coniferous composition and the dry summers in the northern part together with the methods of lumbering are responsible for the conflagrations. In this direction, too, the activities of the conservation boards have been highly useful. 4. Education and Literature Among the propagandist literature which had advanced the introduction of forestry ideas in Sweden, it is proper to mention the writings of Israel Adolf of Strom, who, after extensive travels in Germany, established the first private forest school in 1823 and was instrumental in securing the establishment of the State Forest Institute in Stockholm, 1828. In regard to education, a most liberal policy prevails. At the Institute, the tuition is free, and in addition, four students receive scholarships of $250 per year. Appointment to assistantships follows immediately after promotion, and in ten years the position of Jagmastara may be attained. The number of students is limited to thirty. The director of this school is also general adviser in forestry matters. Besides the director, six professors are employed. The course at this school is two years of eleven full months. There are now a higher and a lower course— the former requiring previous graduation from another preparatory forest school, either the one at Omberg, founded 1886, or that at Clotten, 1900. 
where a one-year course mainly in practical work is given for the lower service there are not less than six schools in various parts of the country each with one teacher and assistants managed under a chief of range in these not only is tuition free but ten pupils receive also board and lodging the course lasting eight months these schools prepare for state service as well as for managers of private forests a forest experiment station was organized in nineteen o three an independent institution in the domain bureau under the direct charge of a practitioner every third year a commission is to determine what work is to be undertaken the appropriation which so far is hardly five thousand dollars per annum will not permit much expansion the first number of its publication madelanten von staten's skogs Forschungsanstalt, was issued in nineteen o four and work of a superior character has been accomplished since then that a forest republic exists in sweden is attested by a forest association with an organ skogsvats foreningens titskrift which was founded in nineteen o two this journal is really the continuation of an earlier magazine titskrift for skogs hushalning a quarterly begun in eighteen sixty nine and running until nineteen o three a forestry association for Nordland alone which also issues a yearbook was organized a few years ago a periodical for rangers etc is also in existence under the name of skogsfinnen in 1902 also there was formed a lumberman's trust to regulate the output which the forest owners proposed to meet by an associated effort to raise stumpage charges the attempt of the lumberman to restrict the cut in 1902 was however a failure for the export of that year was ten percent larger than the previous year it is expected that the new law will have the tendency of decreasing the cut and of inaugurating a new era in forestry matters generally end of section fifteen recording by john van stan savannah georgia